Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, another edition of the Everything is Black and White podcast. Um, kind of feeling a a little bit more optimistic today, um, but a huge game awaits uh, on Saturday morning at Bournemouth. A long, long, long trip for Chris Woff and Lee Ryder, who's uh, who's not with us today, but Chris is. Uh, and Andy Fowler is here as well to talk Newcastle United. We're going to talk a little bit about the... Uh, the game last week we're going to talk a bit about Bournemouth as well uh, and a little bit more about recruitment as well which I think is kind of starting to focus minds a little bit but I'll start with you Chris um, you've just written a piece for us about reasons to be optimistic for Bournemouth um, there does seem to be a bit of a more of an air of kind of understanding about where McLaren's going I mean we talked three or four weeks ago and we're very downbeat about the lack of direction the lack of focus that Newcastle United seemed to have they, they were trying to change things but it didn't seem to have much of a a purpose. Have you kind of noticed in the last few weeks a bit more about the McLaren kind of doctrine coming coming to the fore? Because I think probably I have, um, but I'm not sure whether I'm just looking for reasons to be optimistic because things have been so grim recently. No, I certainly have. I mean, to be honest, there was a few eyebrows raised in pre-season earlier in the season when McLaren talked about wanting to play a 4-4-2 and mm. everyone said, oh, he's just saying that. But it actually looks like whether he deliberately intended to or whether he stumbled across Perez and Mitrovic as a front two, the two of them are playing well together. Yes, mm. the goals haven't come in the last couple of games, but Mitrovic gives the side a bit of focus. It allows the midfielders who are technically gifted to be able to pass the ball around a bit. And Perez just works so hard for the team and offers a bit of class there as well. And you can start to see uh, the seeds of what McLaren's trying to do. It's not perfect yet. I mean, the last couple of games they haven't scored despite creating a lot of chances. But the fact is they are creating chances. Mm. They're looking dangerous. They are controlling games. Stoke never really got on top of Newcastle at any point. Yes, they had one chance which Elliot saved. But apart from that, never really got on top of Newcastle. Whereas last season, you couldn't really say that. I think the reasons for optimism are there because... Although the results aren't quite there yet, the football isn't like what it was towards the end of. No, that's season. a big that's a big difference, isn't it? The football just feels a little bit fresher, yeah. uh, a bit more intelligent. I don't know. I think the word that I'm looking for is intelligence, and that's not meant to sound derogatory to Alan Pardew or John Carver, who you know, look, let's face it, they didn't have three ten million pound players in their team, which which Steve McLaren has. But there does seem to be a bit more intelligence about this Newcastle team. Not necessarily the resolve, and that will be tested tomorrow, and not necessarily the leaders, which is a big, big issue tomorrow. I think we're going to find a lot out about this Newcastle team tomorrow. Uh, Andy, are we going to be talking about optimism today? And then come Monday, when we revisit this podcast, are we going to be saying, what were we talking about? Newcastle collapsed like a pack of cards. They did it last time they played an early game against Leicester, which was a similar kind of game. Newcastle collapsed like a pack of cards. My great fear is that we're going to be sitting on Saturday, 1.30, half-time, Newcastle two down, all over the place, down to 10 men. Um, stop me if, you, uh, if you've heard this one before. I, 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 hope, I hope not. I think the, the consistency has been a big issue for them. Every time they put in a decent performance, it's then followed up by a shocker, you know. All right, the result wasn't fantastic against Stoke, but the clean sheet, nil-nil draw, they'll they'll take they'll take that. 
it's so important that they keep it tight. I think it's going to be nervous. I think I was responding to a few letters yesterday saying, listen, it is going to be nervous. It's going to be a bit of a tetchy affair. They're going to be feeling each other out. But I really think a few people saying this is a big six-pointer. Well, it is. If they win tomorrow, they get out of the bottom three. International break. It's a good bit of positivity going forward for a couple of weeks. I really think I think they'll do all right. I said they'd win the derby. They didn't. I said they'd do all right. They beat Stoke. They didn't. So, you know, what do I know? Mm. But... I do think that the signs were there against Stoke, and I think if they get those chances again against Bournemouth, I do think we'll see a few goals. Um, I think a similar team's gonna gonna play, which is good. I think I think you're both right in that the football, and I think this is predominantly from a, a Newcastle fans from up here looking at it from Tyneside. People, the football is better. It is better than last season. The results just haven't gone. Yeah. But you you get a win tomorrow. You're out of that bottom three, you're then looking forward, everyone's a little bit more upbeat, totally different feeling. I do think they'll get a result, and what a great chance, especially against the, what, a Bournemouth side who've lost four of the last five, they haven't won in six. You know, th- this is the time that you need to be putting those teams to the sword. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, the problem that, that we have really is that Newcastle, it's such, it was such a big rebuilding job, and we yeah. warned about this like two, two years ago, uh, 18 months ago, really, that look, if you leave it as Newcastle were doing, if you let this drift happen, this poisonous drift as it, as it was really happen, it, w- what tends to happen off the back of that is that, you know, everything kind of gets dull. The um, the kind of the recruitment was bad. Everything was bad. It just just didn't feel right, and it means that turning the shit round it takes a long, long time. So, still a, a whole host of problems that Newcastle think, have. Yeah, I think. Um, I but think but right. if you can see the seeds of growth, if yeah. you can see the green shoots shoots of recovery, it would be remiss not to kind of at least turn and say, look, things are getting a little bit better. Um, but really, you have to you have to get you have to get the results, and I think. For me, tomorrow is probably the biggest game of McLaren's time here um, now. I mean, Sunderland was probably the bigger one at the time. Amazingly, he came out of that 3-0 defeat and actually probably with his reputation slightly enhanced for the way that Newcastle played and the way that they did there. But that, but then this one now is a bit of like a kind of... It can go It can go either way. The agenda could go uh, Newcastle, look, they are. They're starting to consolidate on this progress or it becomes a little bit like, look, depending on what happens tomorrow. And and his biggest thing, uh, McLaren tomorrow, his biggest thing that he'll fear tomorrow, an early red card. Yeah. That would be yeah. absolutely disastrous. Another, uh, you know, they need to learn from the mistakes that they're making. You know, look, last week they played okay. They didn't score. Um, we'll talk about Mitrovic in a minute. Red, you know, a red card tomorrow would be absolutely terrible. If that happens, then I think, you know, all bets are off and you're a little bit like, look, what are they, what is wrong with this team that they keep getting red I cards? Think, but they, buy, you know, they, they haven't had a red card for, for a, couple of games. a game and a half. So, <laughs> I think uh, the, the thing with that, though, is that, that that discipline comes down to the leaders, though, as well. Because there's nobody that, that we can see or that I can see is grabbing all the players and going, hey, you know, we need to be solid, but let's not put in those 50-50 challenges. Let's not put in those reckless challenges. Somebody needs to grab the team, the players, on the pitch by the scruff of the neck and just say, right, there's no one that seems to, or not that, we, not that we're aware of. You know, we know Colaccini's spoken about how he likes to, to lead the team, but there's no one that you can kind of point to. Maybe, maybe Jan Matt, that's, that's where I... I, I don't I, think Jan Matt's... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, everybody says Jan Matt is the next captain. I, I'm I not, agree with that. I'm not actually sure about that it doesn't sure. it doesn't wash for me because I don't think he's everybody says you know he, look, he just because he's vocal um, it's a bit like Teoti you know he was a candidate f- to be captain but I mean he was never really considered by Alan Pardew because just because you're whacking your head off the walls before the game 
You know, he, Kevin Nolan was a was a good captain because he had that focused sort of aggression. You know, he was intelligent, he was canny, he was almost like a little bit mischievous. Your captain needs to be somebody who's who's intelligent in the game. Jan Matt has done enough for me over the course of the time he's been here. He made enough kind of bad decisions on the pitch to suggest oh, yeah. he's not the right one. He's got a petulance about him. Which... He has, he has. I think Vijnaldum would be for me more of a a leader long term I think Vijnaldum did it um, did it at his previous club and I think Vijnaldum would be a better captain for me I think you couldn't give it to him straight away mm. coming into a new team he's still only young but I think Vijnaldum would be a better captain um, but I think they'll probably end up signing somebody who'll, who'll come in and do it long term um, uh, interesting an interesting like kind of look a little bit forward I mean Lee's done a piece today which um, which is which I'm sure provoke a lot of debate saying the Gallic revolution at Newcastle failed Um where do Newcastle need to go in January, Chris? In terms of position-wise? In, in terms of everything. everything. Where do, what do they do? How many do they need? How much do they need to spend? Where do they go? Uh, I think they need about three, three or four. Um, I think that the result tomorrow is important because you have a two-week break where Newcastle won't play and therefore the squad will come into focus. Mm. So therefore, after tomorrow, there'll be a lot of talk in the next couple of weeks of where can Newcastle strengthen when it does come to January. I think they'd still need a centre-back. I think they need a command and centre-back, potentially a captain material. I think... They've, they've looked at a few decent candidates. Matip struggled a bit this season, so I'm not sure Matip's the, the way they're going to go along, but I think there's, there's a few candidates they've looked at. Uh, in Holland, I think they could go along. Veltman's a good player. There's a few, there's mm. few they've looked at there. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange league, though, the Air Division. Obviously, we've seen Van Alden coming and doing really well, um, but you know he was earmarked for, for, for that kind of thing. Um, you know, it, I don't think... Uh, when you look at the top scorers in that league, I think Link de Jong's second, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I don't want to go down the route of it being a weak league. I don't think it is a weak league, but um, I don't think you get tested in the same way. Very true. I mean, they're, 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 there's also candidates in Germany, as we've said. There's the likes of uh, Matip, but there's also a few others, a couple of uh, Wolfsburg players are sort of looking at towards. And I think, yeah, knockers one. Yeah, keep so hearing. I, I can see. I can see. Maybe it's even going down the Bundesliga line, but I certainly think they need a centre. But I think they need still a defensive midfield. I don't think that's sorted. I think Tiote is not the answer. No. Uh, um, uh, that's an easy one to pick as well. I think there's, there's, the Newcastle's always Newcastle's problem in the transfer market has always been that um, strikers, centre back are the two probably the two positions where you're like it's difficult to get a good striker yeah. who fits in Newcastle's kind of. You don't want to spend too much. You've got to get him. He's got to be on the way up, and he's not on the radar of those top six clubs. It's a really difficult remit. Tough. It's a it's always been a really oh, difficult remit, but it's a lot easier to buy a right back or a defensive midfielder because there's a lot of them out and it's a lot easier to, to buy a number 10 because everybody seems to want to play number 10 at yeah. the moment. Like Newcastle's got a team full of too many number 10s for me. Well, Remy Cabela's playing well, well there now. Really last week, he started playing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I still stand by the fact that if Remy Cabela had been given a bit of a chance, he probably would have been all right. Um, but a uh, controversial suggestion there. Um, Andy, we've done a few pieces uh about January mm. on, on the website. We've done a few uh, in the paper as well and, and kind of talked a little bit about January. We're starting to see it build up a little bit, a bit of momentum yeah. behind it. Uh, how important is it going to be for Newcastle? It well, saved them two years ago. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, we, we, we talk about runs. They had a, a difficult start to the season and, and then they had a favourable run, which didn't go so great. And, but January is that time where... McLaren gets to refocus, it's the new year, he gets to look at new players, but, but also whether he wants to or not, he can say, right, this is our time now. We've had that sort of six months in, and we know we've heard, you know, we've got 10 games to build, we've got 12 games to build. Well, January is massive because if you kickstart that year, you've got a lot of games in December, there's a lot of football being played. If you can start January, 
get a bit of, again, that, that positivity, that confidence, then you can start to kick on. Because in January, if you have a good month, you have a good month in December or you get by, you have a decent month in January, we, Newcastle could be well out of the running for the relegation. You know, mm-hmm. if they get out this weekend and that's the last time, we're going, fine. McLaren's done well, he gets a little bit of time. It's massive. The recruitment's going to be big. But again, the rebuild happens in the summer. They need a few pieces to sort of patch everything. We know they don't particularly do masses in January, but, that's not what but they've mm. said, listen, they're going to have to. I think they will do this time. That's so the, they're going to have to. To be fair, McLaren, he said, he said himself, this is a very important window. It's not yeah. just us seeing that. He said that himself a couple of times now. Yeah. So he realises that, that, that they do need to strengthen there. He's talked about it. So the club know how big, it, or said that they know how big mm. an important I mean, window he, it is. Even if they'd signed it, let's say they're getting two players or three players, whatever, if they brought them in the summer, that's just as, or last, last summer, that's just as bigger. We, we've spoken about how the, the rebuild and everything, that'd have been just as big. You know, we wouldn't have wanted to spend 100 million like Tottenham and then you know have the whole squad absolutely brand mm. new. It's not being fantastic, but we, we only see the tip of the iceberg with, with and the fans seeing what's on the pitch. But there's so much that needed sort of undercutting. Oh, the whole uh, thing, the whole thing needed. So it's, it's a, it is a ma- massive, massive month. Mm. Uh, here's one for you: um, if Newcastle went out and uh, did a bit of did a bit of research and, and looked looked around the leagues and saw who were the good players who were scoring goals, scoring, doing doing well, and they wanted somebody who had massive potential resale value, who wasn't on the radar of the top four clubs, would they be looking in League One? The guy who's top of the scoring charts there, 12 goals, looking like um, potentially a, a, an English Sergio Aguero, if you believe, Joe Cole. Adam Armstrong, is he the answer coming back in January? Personally, I'm not sure yet. I think that, I think he's doing well at Coventry. I think it will be interesting to see him loaned out to a championship club or something of that ilk and give him six months there in the, the latter half of the season, see how he does there. Because as well as he's playing, and he's playing extremely well, uh, for Coventry scoring goals, I feel a bit. I felt a bit sorry for him last season because he was used quite often on the wing and in a struggling team. But he didn't quite cut it then, and I think he needs a full year. You put him into a Newcastle team at the minute, see if if this sort of form continues until January. You again put him into a team that's not necessarily winning games. Mm. I think he needs a little bit longer. I think I think there's no need to rush him. He's still only 18. Get him to the Championship, and if he scores goals, then then over the summer really integrate him in pre-season. Make sure he's ready, and then for next year, I'd bring him. But I personally think he needs a bit longer. Yeah, because League One is. I mean, you know, look, and and I'm my team playing League One. Uh, it's it's not it's not a great standard. I've got to be honest. It's not like it, it's it's a tough it's a tough league in that you know that if you're 18 and scoring goals there, it, it's something impressive it's you know it's worth looking at and there's some decent teams in there but um but it's not you know a lot of the players there uh, will never have a career above that league um whereas the championship is is tough you know it's not it's not as you know it's nowhere near the, the kind of standard of the premier league although some of the defending we've seen this year in the yeah. premier league maybe it is maybe it is but um I, I don't know i think he needs to move up you know i think they need to fast track him uh a little bit he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to to step up at some point, you know, he's, a, he's that kind of he's that kind of age. You know, if you if you're good enough, you're old enough. Uh, is, is my opinion. I mean, I, I agree with Chris um, because I, I don't think anyone could have predicted he goes to Coventry and bangs in as many goals because some of the goals he's been scoring are really yeah. Good. That's that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, those now, goals are, are I, proper I, strikers. Goals. I agree because that he, he should be given a chance at championship level on the basis that. 18 is quite a, a small small stocky lad 
there are people playing in that division who are big, burly centre-halves, so it's good. You're playing proper adult men's football, and that's good for him. He needs that. He needs to be roughing and toughing with those big players. But it is that extra level. The championship, you're getting people who have played in the Premier League and dropped down. You've also got some good, solid teams who are going to play in the Premier League the next year. He needs that challenge. What's good, what's good about him, what's good about him in a way as well, is that he's clearly exceptional because he's... He's under six foot. Um, right. You know, we know the English Premier League clubs. I mean, I was speaking to somebody yesterday who, who runs a, another another sports club in uh, in Newcastle who said that you know, look, every Premier League club now is kind of it's athlete. They're athletes. Yeah. They're not necessarily footballers. Yeah. They're athletes, and it, it's even worse at academy level. Um, you know, especially in, in English clubs, it's the big players do tend to get do tend to get it. And and for a, you, know, you don't see many strikers coming through English clubs who are who are small. He's had to kind of develop other aspects of his game, so that's what I kind of like about Adam Armstrong is that he's clearly got something because you don't come through the levels that he's come through as a kind of young, as a small player. I mean, he's small. He's obviously got movement. Is is going to be his game? Bit of pace, turn of pace. Um, you know, knowing where to make the runs is going to be his game, and that excites me a little bit more than look some of the guys who come through the. The academy um, are really good, but you know they are athletes. Well, I think well, Armstrong's a player. I think he's a real yeah, player. It is. I mean, uh, at, at, at a lesser degree, when I was at academies very young, I know players who were good on the ball, really good on the ball. They were shipped out because they weren't big enough. Yeah. At sort of, you know, we're talking early teens to up to sort of seventeen here, and you have the players that did thrive who were six foot and weighing about fifteen stone at, at sort of fifteen, sixteen years old. So to have someone like that is really, it is, it is exceptional. What we need to see now from him, he's got that confidence because mm. that's what's brilliant about it. He'll be absolutely over the moon all the time, buzzing. Can you take that to that next step? Because if he gets six months, if he gets, if we're looking a year down the line, mm. a, a championship club, you're thinking, right, okay, you know, great. He's, he's actually performing because why, I don't, I don't agree, don't bring him back, don't bring him back in January, why, why would you? Because he's not going to, is he going to start? Well, because Newcastle need goals, to be honest, I mean, that's the reason why. It is, it is, but is he, is he going to start ahead of Perez and Mitrovic? I think he's the third, I think he's Newcastle's third choice striker if he comes back, because... Yeah, I mean, if he had to, he, he, would, to. he wouldn't start above Mitrovic and Perez, but Cissé probably yeah. would, yeah. I mean, Cissé's... Cissé looks like a busted flush. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I don't know why. I, really, I wouldn't yeah. have, I wouldn't have Cissé. I, yeah, I get that. I just think, is he going to come? If he's going to sit on the bench, I'd rather keep him out there for six months. Give yeah, him the whole season. Sense. It's not. It, it shouldn't fall to his shoulders to 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 bear that that. Uh, Although yeah. he's a professional footballer, that is yeah. the. Uh, but he won't. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's time for him at, at oh, 18. You know, it, it's not, it's not a problem. Player. So let's, uh, you know, there's plenty of time to, to talk Armstrong, hopefully in the years above, but there's, there's not going to be a lot of time to talk Newcastle-Bournemouth, which is, uh, which is a, a huge game. Uh, let's go around the table here. Final, final word. Are they going to win? Are they going to lose, Chris? I think they're going to win. Um, I think that one player who I've been overly critical of potentially so far this season, but the last couple of games has started to come good, is Musa Sissoko. Mm. I think he's very important to them. I think the last few weeks he's helped drive them forward. If he has a big game, if Perez has another good game, and Newcastle can find score early, I think they'll win three-one. Ooh, that'd be good, wouldn't it, uh, Andy? I, I think they will. Um, I actually see a clean sheet um, away. I know. Um, I do think Mitrovic is going to be a handful. Who's so he's, he's so good aerially. Um, I really think he's going to cause them problems. Um, so win. I see got two 0 Two 0 Yeah, uh, 
Really? Well, yeah, I say I say this now on uh, Newcastle on, on haven't Friday. haven't won away from home for almost a year it's now. They've won one one in a year. Sorry, that's 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 not true. One in a year against Hull. Um, it has got to come to an end. I think they'll draw. I think it'll be a one all. Um, I just I don't think Newcastle have kind of developed that. Killer instinct yet, which is which is what worries me. And if they get a red card, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm. You know. Jeez. We won't come back. I think, I think it's a fine balance. I think if they score early, I think they'll do all right. But it's, it is that whether they can score early. Yeah. that's the key. Yeah. If they get if it's a red card early on, I'm I'm turning the uh, I'm turning the TV <laughs> off. I'm 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 leaving Bournemouth quickly. Uh, no. It, yeah. I I think it's a massive massive fixture this weekend. I think we'll all be uh, we'll all be hoping that come two o'clock Saturday we're breathing a little bit easier. We're kind of toasting. Toasting a win um, with our uh, toffee apples. Uh, if anybody still eats toffee apples. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week with uh, with the rest of the team to talk international break and hopefully about a big Newcastle win at Dean Court. Thank you for joining us.